0: Water cooler brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 937 the ticket and the ticket FM.com.
1: We are back here on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket, and uh, we're set to be joined by Brian Munson of On3 Sports here in just a second. Uh, I did want to get to some of the comments that you guys had. We were just talking about how nine wins is the standard at Nebraska, Uh, if only because they've done it So often, I mean, it's under the the Cal or obviously the Osborne regime. um, So if you go all the way back, uh, 53 years now, they've done it in 43 out of 53 years, obviously hasn't had that success uh, since Pelini. Um, They've only had one season in the last seven that they've won nine games. So you can kind of argue about, you know, recency. Recency bias, or I don't even know if it's bias, just recent success against um, long-term success. But I, I think it's hard to argue that uh, nine wins is is the standard at Nebraska. I don't know if you expect that this year. Uh, or whatnot, but uh, it, it, I think long-term, that's kind of what you got to be looking at. Uh, I did want to get to you guys' response as well off of Facebook. Jason Budd says, Frost also had a 13-0 and season at UCF. That's reason to give him all the time he needs. So a lot of people kind of go back to that to, to argue for Scott Frost because we're also talking about what if Frost doesn't get to this 9-win mark um, because for what it's worth, if he doesn't even... If, I mean, he wins 8 games this year, which would be great. Um, if he doesn't get to 9, that'll equal all the other coaches (laughs) since 1969 as far as five non-nine-win seasons. Um, So it's kind of interesting there. Uh, TMZ2 predicts 6-6 and off of YouTube. Uh, And Adam Fellows says, Unfortunately, I don't see Nebraska winning a national championship ever again. Just glad I got to see the golden era of Nebraska football. Uh, this is the Big Ten, not another conference. He doesn't keep getting time if he keeps having losing seasons. I don't care if he's a former player or not. So, again, it's uh, it's a good wow. mixture of comments, good mixture of yeah. opinions, which is basically the split fan base that you have here at Nebraska. Um, kind of uh, fully supporting Scott Frost, I believe. Um, but a lot of people at this point have lost faith that it will turn around. Uh, but we bring in Brian Munson of On3 Sports here with us for our weekly Tuesday interview. Brian, how are you doing? Hey, good guys. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. Uh, Thanks for joining us here on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Uh, What do you think? Because I've kind of made the the argument that uh, 81% of the time, the last 53 seasons, you've had nine or more wins. Do you think regardless of the recent uh, struggles to get to that mark, you would still consider that kind of the program standard or expectation?
0: Well, I mean... See, and it's 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 so weird too because it's not apples to oranges i mean or it's not apples to apples excuse me it's apples to oranges because nine wins back in the day was when you only played 10 or 11 now you're playing what 12 13 regular season games so you've got extra extra games on your schedule now which almost makes it easier to win nine games but in, in reality, it, it kind of goes back to you know the conference that Nebraska is playing in, kind of the current state of affairs of, of Nebraska football, and, and and I think that once you know momentum is a huge thing. Once Nebraska can kind of get themselves on track and winning some games and, and proving to themselves that they can win, I think things can can turn back around. But nine seems like a nine seems like a reasonable number given given the extra games that are now currently on on everybody's schedule.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting, just kind of the way that we go about it. Because I was kind of thinking too, like there's this, there's an interesting. Everybody's kind of got their 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 metric that they don't know that what what Trev Alberts is, but with the win total that Nebraska needs to get to. I've seen arguments for six wins will do it. I think I feel pretty confident seven wins with a, you know kind of a first year offense uh, would get things rolling. But I ultimately think like. Eight wins is, is great, too, and get everybody rolling. But nine wins is when you start to, like, believe again. That's when you start to buy right. in again. Would you Would you agree that's kind of how you see it?
0: I think so. I, I, I think there's also some things that kind of go into who you're beating, how you're beating them, and if you're staying competitive in the games that you're losing, that, that kind of gets lost in all the, in all the noise. Because if you're going to go straight up wins and losses, I think it hides a lot of detail. Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the big reasons why, you know, a guy like Bo Pelini is no longer in Lincoln because it wasn't about the fact that he was winning the nine games. It was how he was losing the other four. It was about, it was about, it was about getting trounced in the big 10 championship, you know, against, against Wisconsin. It was about never really having much of an answer for the Badgers, you know, altogether. Um, it's it's certainly got one of those things where you got to kind of got to kind of take a little bit of a closer look because i think if i think if nebraska can can get to seven hopefully to eight it's it's really still going to come down to okay well did you put those games away uh on your wins number one and number two the games that you lost uh how did you fare is it is it like you you went out there and you and you were able to to play tough like you did on the road in Norman last year against Oklahoma, or did you did you go out there and and just lay a complete and total egg and and it was on national television because those are a little bit tougher to to kind of swallow. It's a jagged little pill when it comes down to how you lose a ball game. That those are those are tough ones to those are tough ones because not even just because of Trev Alberts and. And the guy he's gotta continually evaluate when it comes to the head coaching job, but it also has to come back to the confidence that's in the locker room. How they're how they're going about things week to week, if they feel like they have the right people that are that are leading them, or is it is it something that goes along goes far beyond that and, and it just like they cannot get on the right track and the and the proof is kind of in the pudding when it comes to how they're losing?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. There's a lot more that goes into it in wins and losses. That's why it's pretty hard to argue or to uh, maybe explain uh, the Bo Pelini and the Scott Frost uh, records mm-hmm. as they sit. Um, but I did want to ask you this. It's kind of interesting, too. We know Coach Frost is moving into this uh, new CEO role, maybe uh, to kind of be the lone voice for the team. And that was that was they announced today that that was going to be uh, maybe more than some of us thought as uh, now offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator will still be available for one. Uh, day during game week, but another position coach, coaches will be speaking during the season. Do you like that? Do you think that that helps kind of uh, control the narrative? I guess a little bit more.
0: I think it controls the narrative. I think it also kind of clears the distractions. I think that those guys, the coordinators, and Scott Frost need their assistant coaches to to really be focused on their on their players, on their rooms, on the game plan. It, it's it seems like if you can, if you can get them back to where you know they're just they're just primarily focused on doing this one thing, you know, basically on the on the Monday through Friday, then when they get out of that, they've got their recruiting stuff and whatever else is kinda of going on. They they just need to they they need to get back to staying focused enough to win the ball games and clearing themselves of distractions. And and I think talking to media is sometimes overwhelming. I mean, a lot of those coaches, you know, they come in there that first year, and it's it's like the ultimate. It's like a it's like a big old fishbowl. There's a lot of interested people that 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 are that want to hear about what Nebraska coaches and players have to say. Um, and and, and then to your point, you can you can control that narrative if you can kind of go out there and and, and limit the the, the mouth the, the the number of mouthpieces basically there are for the program because you've only got three coaches uh, saying anything. Uh, I don't think it necessarily is about you know trying to cut anybody off from any type of uh, potential damage control or anything else or anything, anything having to kind of uh, speak for another person's comments or anything like that. I really don't think that's the case. I think that this is just another step in, like you said, the CEO role, another another layer in maturity that, that Scott Frost is showing, you know, as a head coach, as well as like kind of throwing the keys over to Coach Whip and saying it's your offense go out there and run it
1: and I I didn't prepare you for this so this can be a little bit brief if you want it to be but we're about to preview um Purdue as they come up on Nebraska's schedule (laughs) um do you buy into Aiden O'Connell do you think he can lead that team it's it's kind of interesting because I feel like their schedule is light um certainly they can compete with Nebraska when it comes to that matchup but um they the the Purdue's not generally a place that you could lose David Bell and George Karloftis and and just be, you know, get better the next year. But I think there's a possibility there.
0: No, I I think you're right. I mean, kind of looking at their schedule right now, I mean, uh, they they don't start (laughs) – you at least get Penn State at home to kind of kinda of start things off. If you want to do that on a Thursday night, then that's that's the way you're gonna to have to do it. But you get you get a run of three schools in right there where you can kind of get your footing underneath you and hopefully you don't have any slip ups against Indiana State and Syracuse and FAU. Yes. And then obviously the conference schedule kind of picks back up again. But when you look at the conference schedule, no Michigan, no Michigan State, no Ohio State, you're you're picking up uh, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana, but you're you're missing kind of a, a few of those top dogs. And and when you're when you're playing you know playing Nebraska, you're getting them at home. When you're playing against Iowa, you're getting them at home, and you get Northwestern at home too. Um, so they definitely have the benefit of a of a schedule that doesn't include some of those top teams in the Big Ten. And the the games, of course, that, that will be more of a challenge basically at face value. Uh, it seems like they're typically picking those up, you know, in West Lafayette. You know, there's a couple games on there that... Keep a close eye out for, you know, Minnesota. Obviously, that'll that'll be a tough test for them, and and they do have to travel to Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, and then that matchup's interesting, too, because I think a lot of people are expecting maybe a shootout between Nebraska and Purdue. I guess not just that game in particular, but the whole whole, um, package that they're putting together. Do you expect a, a pretty heavy dose of passing from Nebraska?
0: You know, I think it's going to have to go week by week, and, and I think that when you get into those shootouts, it's like the one team that can play some sort of defense, whether it's opportunistic and they can they can get a good turnover here and there, or they can get a stop and get off the football field, or special teams seem to be coming up with, with, with more sound plays or, or happen to pick up a big play, always tend to kind of derail the team that can go out, go out there and just say we've got the firepower. If you can just get a, a stop or two and cause a turnover or get special teams drawn a little bit, those are the ways to kind of stop those teams. So I think that Nebraska Nebraska's going to go out there and their identity is uh it's going to going to be to take whatever the defense is given to them and that's such a that's such a good and a bad answer because it doesn't really have Uh, a lot of substance to it. But what I, but what I would say is that Nebraska wants to go out and be able to, to do anything on any particular down based on whatever the defense is showing them. And I think that they have to be effective and show that they have that identity to where they can go out there and they can do either or, because I I just have felt so many, so many times over the last couple of three years where, it just never felt like Nebraska, you know, was controlling the line of scrimmage. That they really had much of an offensive identity. That they could just line up and run the ball and get two yards and pick up a first down. It just seemed like those were those were obviously very challenging at times. Um, but now that they seem to have, you know, uh, some some real studs at wide receiver, it seems like the, the the running back room has got a lot of talent in it. It's going to be interesting to see what Nebraska can put together, especially with Whip calling the plays.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure I forgot to ask you last week, Brian. Any updates on Malachi Coleman? I'm itching. I want a commitment.
0: <laughs> well, I think you're going to have to hold out till December. It uh. seems like he's pretty steady on that perch where he's not going to announce anything when it comes to his commitment. I, I, I will tell you this. There has been a lot of social media stuff out there with Malachi Coleman in Nebraska at like when he, with him just wearing the the gloves the other day that have got to get Nebraska fans really fired up about the potential that he ends up being a Husker.
1: And of course we got a little, uh, we we, we got a lot of what we wanted there in late June, (laughs) Uh, maybe a little bit more quiet on the recruiting front in July. Is there anything on the horizon to look out for?
0: You know, I'm putting together kind of a state of the union, which we run in a three and out segment tomorrow, where I'm going to go through each position, kind of the needs and the commitments, and maybe some names to kind of look for. I, I don't necessarily feel like there's going to be anybody else, maybe except uh, you know Cameron Linhart to bring him up again. It seems like I'm kind of on a broken record with him. You're maybe talking about Ryan Robinson. You're going to watch Lance Heard. You know, in the month of August, you might see a see a junior SIA decide that he's going to go ahead and make a commitment to. Uh, he might want to take an official visit to Utah State before he decides, though. Um, and, and I think after that, it's going to be like getting into, you know, the fall camp, kind of figuring out, you know, if there's anybody that decides to, to, to walk because they're not going to get on the football field this fall, uh, and then kind of seeing how things open up. I, I think with Marquis Step walking, you might see a running back or two emerge. Uh, it seems like Nebraska still wants to bring another uh, interior defensive lineman in as well to go along with Riley Van Poppel. So that would be something else to watch for.
1: Excellent stuff once again from Brian Munson of On3Sports. Brian, thanks for joining us again today. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you. All right, there he goes, Brian Munson of On3Sports. Always a great addition to our Tuesday lineup. Uh, We'll take a quick break. When we come back here on the Ticket Water Cooler, we will preview preview those Purdue Boilermakers and my guy. Your boy. Big AOC guy. Uh, we'll talk about that next year on the Ticket Water Cooler.